Mutiny Radio Happy Hour. Hey, is this thing on? Is it showtime? Let's get the energy up. There's 4,000 people listening across the coast. Thank you. Give it up for George working the knobs, if you know what I mean. I'm your host, Jason Cole. Welcome to Radio Freakin' Mutiny. Happy Friday. Do you know who uh, Rex Tillerson is? He resigned from the Trump, and he, he gave a speech today, and he, at the end of the speech, he said, I want all of you to each and every day do one act of kindness, is what he said. And I just put $2 in that jug. That's my act of kindness. So Rex, something good came from the Trump administration. Put your money in if you want. We appreciate it. Keep this shit going. And uh, five minute sets, one minute light. You know, I'm gonna do the clown horn. I'm old school. Uh, and if you've never been here before, the mic is a little low because you're transmitting over the radio. So no need to go. Is this thing on, George? George, I can't hear me. Although this is the loudest I've ever hear it, heard it. It sounds awesome. Uh, I'm a comedian, if you don't realize it. Uh, as you can tell from my accent, I am from Oakland. Uh, we were gentrifying there as well, you know? That's not a burrito. <laughs> Chipotle, that's a burrito. $5 burger, forget that. <laughs> 14.95 pub burger, yeah. What else can I say? Uh, yeah, I saw a billboard. They had these billboards over in Oakland. They say, after you die, you will meet God. Some religious thing. Yeah, after you die, you will meet God. I'm thinking, great, I'm dead, but there's still meetings? <laughs> Are you sure this is heaven? Coming up that escalator, ready to pop some pills with Prince and Tom Petty, you know heaven stuff. They're like, oh, didn't you get the Outlook invite? You have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with God. Shit. He's real? That sucks. Which way to the highway to hell, please? Oh, uh, yeah. Seen these other signs? Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm about to throw up. No, just kidding. Uh, dro drove to Los Banos over the weekend for a all out of towner gig last Saturday. And uh, Spanish for the bathrooms. That's good. That joke didn't go over well there. But hey, it's a rough and ready crowd. But uh, all these CHP signs that say, buzz driving is drunk driving. Buzz driving is drunk driving. Message received, CHP. They want us to commit. No half measures. Drunk drive. It's going to cost the same, right? You lose your license for two years, $20,000 in court fees, two points on your record. Don't do that over three white wine spritzers. Fucking commit. You want them getting your car out of a pool, you know, if you're going to go. So thank you, CHP. Buzz driving is the same thing. Get hammered. You have a more chance of living, too, seriously. <laughs> That's how I grew up in the 80s, right? 1880s. It's like... It wasn't prom night until four teenagers and their dad's beamer crashed into a wall and died, right? It's like the yearly virgin sacrifice to the wine cooler gods of Akalani's Lafayette white people. Woo! I'm not even timing myself. I'm probably at four minutes. It feels, feels pretty good. What do you guys think? <clears throat> All right, you guys are great. I only have a two-minute closer that I should have rehearsed since I'll be at the punchline sometime soon. You should just come pay $20 for that. What can I do that short? That's what she said. What? Uh, something new. Damn it. Uh, this is hilarious. All my bits are too long and old and boring. Hey, all right, uh, history buffs here. Do you ever wonder how many blowjobs 
were administered on the Titanic. <laughs> now you do, but for the rest of your life. And for the purpose of the joke, I'm less concerned about the blowjobs and the life rafts. The historical record, very spotty, but there must have been some, the inaugural trip, right, across the ocean. This is my impression, I'll leave you with this, of a guy on the Titanic getting a blowjob when it hits the iceberg. It's my joke, I can have a huge cock. Here we go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Keep going, <laughs> it's probably nothing. We're safe way down here in steerage. Yes, that's for the poor people. Steerage, guys. My name is Jason. Let's bring up your first comedian. Yeah, our second comedian. Thank you. We're going to keep the energy going. Please welcome Chris Ferdinandson. Woo! Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, I just found out what ovulating means. Pretty much. And it's apparently a certain time of the month where women are super horny, where they're extra horny. So every time a pretty girl smiles at me now, I'm just like, she's probably ovulating. <laughs> like, nothing's real anymore. And every time a girl's nice to me, I'm like, you just want my genes. You don't like me. You're just, you're, your instinctual instincts are telling you to make a baby with me right now. That's, it's not nothing. It's not anything. Yeah, I, I like those old mafia movies and shit, like those old uh, Italian mafia movies. But the most unbelievable part of the entire movie is how they eat these entire, like, huge fucking meals of Italian food before they go out and do a bunch of gangster shit. Like, no. You're going to bed. You're going to bed. You're not doing some gangster shit at 2 in the morning after a stomach full of pasta and bread. Fuck no, dude. You're not waking up. I want to see, like, a Goodfellas where Robert De Niro's like, hey, I'm trying this new gluten-free thing for a while. You can't pull that shit in the mob. You get shot for trying to get more energy. Go gluten-free. Fucking pussy. You don't want to eat wheat, bro? Fucking pussy-ass shit. <laughs> Gluten's not good, though. But neither is, uh, neither is anything that's pretty fun, huh? I think they should have DUI checkpoints during mini-golf. Just to make sure you're under the influence while you're playing mini-golf. Because you can't play mini-golf sober, man. When I watch somebody play mini-golf sober, it's like watching somebody use a water slide without water in it. It's like, you know, you know there's a more fun way to do this, right? It doesn't have to be so hard, man. It doesn't have to be so hard. I've, I've laid off on smoking weed uh, recently. I think it's because I'm growing up. I'm realizing I don't need those things in my life. And also because edibles are so fucking tight. <laughs> edibles are the way to go. I was smoking weed one time with a friend before seeing Finding Nemo 3D. My friend was like, okay, I'm good, I'm done. I was like, dude, I don't think you can get too hot to see Finding Nemo 3D. So I got in the theater, I'm like, I'm so too hot to see Finding Nemo 3D, dude. I'm not prepared to be underwater for two and a half hours. And neither are you, buddy. We're ill-equipped. We're ill-equipped for the situation. That same friend of mine, actually, in third grade, we were in, sitting next to each other, leaned over to me. He was like, hey, Chris, I found out what sex was. I was like, dude, you idiot. We already know what sex is, dude. We're in there. We already know what sex is. I already know what sex is. He's like, no, no, no. I know you think you know, but I found out something new. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, this is going to be worth hearing. So he huddles this group of third grade boys around. I break this group of third grade boys. And he's like, so you guys know how you put the penis in the vagina? We're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, after you do that for a while, you get very thirsty and dehydrated. And then you're supposed to drink the milk from the boobs. And a whole group of third grade boys goes, whoa. My friends are all excited. They're like, oh, I can't wait to start drinking some of that sweet boo milk after I get so thirsty for fucking her for so long. I can't wait. I don't, I don't know why, but I never thought it was going to be good. I, I always thought the boo milk was going to taste gross. I've never liked milk in the first place. I never wanted to do it, so I was afraid. I was like, so I saw my dad filling up a hydration pack one day. It sounds disconnected, but it, it's not. 
And I was like, so why don't you just fill one of those up before sex? You don't have to drink the boob milk. And my dad explains to me that this is not how sex works and you don't have to do that. But I still wear a hydration pack every single time I have sex. I fill it up with blue raspberry Powerade, some cliff bars, a map. I come prepared, baby. Come prepared, but without a condom. Fuck yeah, dude. You ever pull out and come and be glad it doesn't go that far when you don't pull out? Because, like, I don't care what kind of birth control you're on. If it goes past your shoulder when I pull out, you would have been pregnant. Like, you probably... That shit would have been an athlete, probably. I heard, uh, I heard come goes at 35 miles an hour. Which sounds about right, you know? Like, a sneeze is 100 miles an hour. A sneeze is your body trying its hardest. Like, a, your cum is just like a little league changeup. It's kind of like a soft, like... <laughs> barely a throw but it can it can get it, it can get there you know some are probably up at 42 43 some are down at like 15 miles an hour sometimes it just creeps on out of there you know sometimes it just walks <laughs> it's uh over the speed limit if you're in a school zone which is mostly why you can't jerk off in a school zone you'll get a speeding ticket and they'll put you on a list all right two things Two things will happen to you. I was uh, I was trying to decide what to what I want my word to be when I'm going to come. I don't want to be like every other guy and be like, "Hey, I'm about to come," but I also don't want to not tell her either because that's a dick move because it's going at 35 miles an hour. You know, like that's how someone gets a lazy eye. You know, it's easy it's easy to have some shit go wrong right there. So I decided it, before I come, I'm just going to whisper really quietly, just make a wish. And then boom, 35 miles an hour, right? In fucking fit. Thank you guys very much. This has been fun. Let's keep this show rolling. Give it up for Jason Cole. No Matthew Banks in the house. Thank you. Give it up for Chris. That's all. I was laughing my ass off. I think it was clean, too, except for all the cum stuff. Earlier, it was clean, funny jokes. Thank you very much. Uh, Matthew Banks is not here. Let's bring up Hugo. Come on up. He didn't write his He's my new friend. Give it up for Hugo. He only wrote his first name. Keep it going. Keep it going for the man. The man. The legend. The myth. Jason Cole. Hey, how's it going, guys? How we doing today? All right. All right. Um... Man, I've been thinking about losing weight, uh, being a big guy. It's not easy dating nowadays, being a big gentleman, so I thought I'd probably drop some weight. Um, you know, you got to drop a few pounds when you get invited to barbecue cookouts, but you decline because you already owe all of your friends lawn furniture. <laughs> Wicker and I Wicker and I don't get along anymore. We had an agreement at, at the beginning of our relationship. We had an agreement, Wicker and I, that as long as I stayed under 300 pounds, that we'd still be cool. But I broke that agreement, and I also broke Wicker. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got to drop some pounds. Um, I was in the shower the other day for like 15 minutes, and my dick was still completely dry. That's probably an indication that you might need to lose some weight. Clearly, I don't have any fucking mirrors in my house. Clearly. Oh, man. Um, I, I tried to go on Tinder. I made an account. But then they immediately canceled my account. I guess people were complaining that they couldn't swipe me either left or right. It was just getting stuck. It's just getting stuck right in the middle. Had to delete my account, you guys. Terrible. I was getting a little desperate there for a while. So I started, uh, I, thought, uh, I thought I'd start my own website. You know, I, I know this is going to sound bad, but I'm a really good person, I swear. 
but I started looking into like mentally challenged like chicks maybe well they're people too right we've got to treat them equally got to treat them equally I was like maybe I'll start a website and call it like takingitslow.com life is already full of challenges why should love be one uh, a girl asked me for a full body pic I sent her a full body pic she sent me back an angry text she said dude you just maxed out my data plan I said but I thought data plans were unlimited now she said yeah I fucking know man I was like, well, can we still just go out on a date? She's like, no, I, I, I have a policy. I, I don't date guys that are over 350 gigabytes. <laughs> like, damn. Hmm. What else, guys? Oh, man. Uh, somebody told me, well, maybe you have, like, a, a, an issue with food. I was like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> They're like, maybe you're stress eating. I'm like, what's that? Like, well, anytime I get into like an argument with my old lady, I get, I get anxious and I get up and I go and I get some food from the fridge just to comfort myself. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. But I don't have an old lady, but I do argue with myself all the fucking time. So that means I get up and I go get something from the fridge. And then when I come back, the other person that I was arguing with also gets up, goes and gets some food out of the fridge and eats it. Maybe that needs a little more work. Hmm. I think I'm going to stop there. I think that's uh, good for me today. I, I, uh, I usually don't, but today I'm going to take that. Give her Hugo, yeah. All right, your next comedian, please welcome to the stage, Cody! Thank you, thank you. I like having long hair, you guys. It's just when it's dirty, I look kind of homeless. And when it's clean, I kind of look like a transvestite Charlie's Angel. But I'm just born in the wrong decade. Long hair was pretty cool in the 70s and 80s. Chicks were into it. Not so much anymore. So I just gave up on chicks my age and started fucking their moms. It's a lot easier. I'm no good at soccer, but I, can, I can't go past a soccer goal. I can get past a soccer mom. Works out a lot easier. You guys see these girls out here that are too skinny? Like you want to ask them out to dinner just to be sure that they get dinner? I asked one of these out the other day. She said no, though. I was like, uh, just take the lunch money and buy a fucking sandwich. <laughs> You're killing me. I got the opposite problem, though. I've been drinking like prohibitions coming back. So you can't tell yet, but I could tell the gut's coming in slowly. It's kind of small. But uh, I don't see it as getting fat. I just see it as retaining beer. So I kind of, uh, me and my girlfriend have that in common. She, uh, Retains a fuck ton of water. And um, I just didn't know there was that much water in cheesecake. It was a big surprise to me. I think I figured out why uh, guys are better at remembering faces than they are at remembering names. Because when they're talking to you, they're not thinking about fucking you in the name. <laughs> I was thinking about Nike the other day. Because people are always calling athletes heroes, and I know they do a bunch of cool shit, you know? I know they're impressive people, but a real hero is like MLK, you know? He did some cool shit. He marched uh, countless miles for something he believed in, right? So Nike, where the fuck is his shoe? I think the reason Nike doesn't make him a shoe is because Nike's pro-slavery. MLK wasn't that cool with slavery. 
you know Nike's pro-slavery because they're, they make these little kids stitch their shoes together for free. And on top of that, they support college basketball. It's fucking ridiculous. I think that's all I got for tonight, you guys. I'm sorry. Have a good night. Give it up for Cody, y'all. Short set Friday, guys. <laughs> All right, we got a real legend of comedy here. Will you please welcome the stage? Always funny, Ashton Tate. Good to be here. What's up? Um, all right. I'm going to take that. Thank you. Oh. Pushed it down. All right. Uh, we're doing well. I was uh, playing Call of Duty at my house the other day. My dad came over. See ya. My dad's never played Call of Duty. He's never played an online game w ever. And uh, I was surprised with how good he was at uh, calling other kids gay. <laughs> Just came out of nowhere. Uh, I do think the worst way to find out your parents died, though, is not being able to get into Netflix. Um... I was at the hiking store the other day with my friend, and he was giving me crap for uh, for not taking the stairs. He was like, dude, we're at a hiking store, and you're taking the elevator. I thought you were into this. And I was like, did you not see me take a shit on the floor? That was, that was me. Speaking of shit, okay. Uh, people will say your first couple years out of college, the first couple jobs you have are going to be shitty if you're young, which I think is true, unless you're a gynecologist then that just means you're really bad at your job. Um, you think you think they have uh, poetry slams in China, you know? Yeah. It's like they're like the ones here, you know, like the girls have black hair except they uh there they know what their tattoos mean. Um All right, I was hanging out with my friend. He's kind of attractive, my friend. He's like a 4, you know, but he's Jewish, so in uh Germany he's a 9. All right, we're going to keep it going. Oh, thanks. Uh, I did a 3K the other day. It was a march for Blue Lives Matter. Um, I, uh, let's see what else is there. Um, I remember in uh, high school, that was the first time I kissed a girl. And uh, up until that moment, I had watched a lot of romantic movies. And uh, in those movies, the male lead will always kiss the female lead with his eyes wide open and then say something really romantic. So I tried the eyes open part, and the girl was like, what are you looking at? And I was like, your soul. Don't get on the plane. Uh, I think the best thing about being a midget is being a pedophile. Because 500 yards away from a school is like, what, 10 feet? Okay. <clears throat> uh, cool. Let's keep it going. Uh, you guys know the, the granny shot in basketball? That's when you shoot underhand, right? Uh, not many people know the granddad shot. That's when you shoot while explaining why you don't trust Koreans. Good times. Good times. Um... I do, uh, was hanging out with this girl recently. She was like, Ashton, I think we should just be friends. And I thought a little role play. Nice. Uh, I feel like a little advice to younger guys. I feel like you know you're in the friend zone when you're putting a condom on their boyfriend. 
take with that what you will. I've never done that, never done that. I've never done bondage either, but once, guys, not to brag, I accidentally masturbated with my shoes tied together. Uh, told that to this guy who works at Foot Locker, and he was like, I think you should go to Crocs. Um, I like living in San Francisco. I've been here four years. One of my favorite things about it is a large Chinese population. It's pretty cool. So you interact with so many that you actually end up learning Mandarin. Uh, I didn't know that until I went to China and I was able to go up to anyone and ask if they were done with their cans. Uh, you guys ever try and go to brunch and see that the line's really long and then realize it's the Women's March? Have that happen. I protested once for a job. Uh, I'd never protested before. I didn't know every chant ends with we want it now or now or whatever. You know, like the soundtrack. Now. That would, those were good times back back before all this political shit. Back when all you cared about was what now CD you were, you were on. Right? Um, anyways, so we were protesting and uh, everyone was like, what do we want? More hours. When do we want it? I was like, Thursday. Got a babysitter. I actually don't have a babysitter, but if you tell, you can hire a babysitter without having a baby, and uh, still counts. Still counts as an excuse to leave your friend's funeral. That's what. Uh, that's what I always say. Uh, I think it's weird that a lot of girls say they enjoy long walks on the beach, yet you never see them ask out those guys with metal detectors. <laughs> Thank you. That's been my time. Have a good one. Heck yeah, give it up for Ashton Tate one more time. I gotta hurry up before I forget this next comedian's name. Will you please welcome to the stage Gustav, wait, Gustav Dixit. That's it, Gustav Dixit. Now, now, how do you really pronounce it? I'm gonna take it off like a real professional. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Um, way to fuck my name up, man. First time at, uh, at Pam's Mutiny Radio. Thank you so much. For, you're beautiful, you're great. Ah. Uh, What's going on? Um, yeah, my name is not Ustav. People mess it up all the time. It's incredibly frustrating. It's Utsav, all right? U-T-S-A-V, Utsav. Can you guys say it, Utsav? There we go, close enough. The one Indian person can't get it right, come on. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to a Starbucks and I'll order a cappuccino and I'll be like, Utsav, and the barista will be like, what's up? And will be like, Utsav, U-T-S-A-V. Utsav, get my cappuccino back, Gustavo. <laughs> Not a good time to be a Gustavo right now. No. Uh, last week was St. Patty's Day. I had a good St. Patty's Day, man. Um, it was like any other night but green. I was just drinking away. And um, my friend and I decided to get extremely high. Uh, we smoked sativa, recommend it. And I got very high and went to the marina. The marina is San Francisco's Texas, if you don't know. Yeah, and when you're high as shit and you find yourself in the middle of a restaurant surrounded by white people, all you know is there's so many white people in the marina. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. So my friend walks up to me and he whispers, he's like, yo, there's only white people in here. And I started to rap because that's a defense mechanism. So I was like, you know where we at? We in the marina. You know what that is? White person arena. <laughs> yeah, that room was weird. I turned around and I looked around and it looked like, man, the dinner scene from the Titanic. That's what it looked like. Oh my God. 
Yeah. Uh, on my way here, I was um, I was listening to some Kanye West. Any Kanye fans? Yeah, two out of six. Okay. Um, I love Kanye. I, I love Jesus. The Jesus album is actually kind of cool. Uh, but the lyrics of this one song are questionable, and it's called I Am a God, obviously. And so here's, here's what Kanye is doing. He goes, I am a God. So hurry up with my damn massage in a French-ass restaurant. Hurry up with my damn croissants. Why is Kanye West getting a massage in a French restaurant? And why is he getting croissants mid-massage? What kind of carb-loading is that? That is not the recipe for a therapeutic experience. Huh? That's protection, because that never gets a laugh. Uh, what else? Uh, I often get confused for more successful Indian comics at every club that I go to. It's, it's frustrating. I just started comedy like four weeks ago. And uh, yeah, someone at Cobbs was like, oh, you're Janesh, right? You can headline next week. I was like, I would love to headline next week, but I'm not Janesh. <laughs> One of my friends walked up to me. He's like, yo, man, are you trying to be the next Aziz? And I was like, yo, man. <laughs> How could you be so dumb? I am not Aziz. I didn't stick my fingers in her mouth. <laughs> All right, that's my time. You guys are great. Thank you. Give it up one more time for that guy. Give it up for that guy. Utsov, something like that. All right, we got a very special guest tonight. Making a rare appearance, will you please welcome to the stage the one, the only, the queen of comedy, Pam Benjamin. Of comedy here, that's, let's put that in perspective. I'm like, oh boy. I'm really glad that Utsoff, um, you, you mentioned Aziz Ansari. Uh, you have way more hair than he does. You're like, he, the only reason that makes him work is that he's like so awkward and just completely unattractive. You could actually get like an agent or something and like, why aren't you, aren't you a Bollywood star? Didn't you just come over here to visit? I don't know how that works. <laughs> you got, we can do the dance. Twist the light bulb. I've watched. <laughs> Uh, yay. I wanted to talk about the Bible today. Does, did anybody, I, I just, I really, I was wearing my high school letterman jacket and uh, back in 92, I really was a Christian zealot. And that was, she's like, I gotta leave. I can't listen to the Bible stuff. She's like, I can't do it. No, it's fine. Everything I know about being a woman, I learned from the Bible, which was great. I don't know if you know about the story of Lot though. It's a very confusing story as a woman. You don't really know how to decipher it. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah are happening. Just for context, San Francisco is Gomorrah and Sodom together. So like think of San Francisco and God wants to just bomb us. Okay, this thing is, so God is like, oh, this place is fucked up. And there's this one really nice guy named Lot who's like, I believe in God, he's cool. And God's like, I'm gonna send two angels to warn you to get the fuck out of town. So God sends these two angels to the city and they're knocking on the door and the townspeople are like, we want to rape these angels. We want to rape these dudes. Let them out of your house. And he's like, you know what? No, I'm gonna give you my daughters instead. So he throws his daughters out to the people. This is in the Bible. This is in Genesis. And they rape the daughters and God's like, that's good. You saved the angels. That's good. And the angels are like, you gotta get the fuck out of town. And when you leave, don't look back. So 
you know, the daughters have been raped, the angels leave, uh, the town's about to be destroyed, and Lot picks up his family and his wife, and they're running away from the city as God's raining down fire and brimstone. And the wife turns around, because I don't know, she forgot her keys or some shit, and she turns into a pillar of salt to remember. I'm just trying to, there's, we're trying to learn about feminism from the Bible. I mean, this is the oldest text, right? And it's been passed down and we keep learning it. I'm just saying women's lessons. Get raped by strangers and don't lose your keys. I don't know what the whole point of the story is. Finally, Lot brings his daughters up to these caves. They're there. They think they're the last people alive. So the women, the daughters, what do they do? They get their father drunk and then they rape him so they can have babies so there can be more Jews in the future. This is in the Bible. I'm not even joking, you guys. This is absolute, like, real. I think it's hilarious. I'm glad that George also, th- I'm just saying it's a feminist. What does it mean, right? Like, what am I supposed to glean from this? There's two books in the Bible that are named after women, Esther and Ruth. What am I to learn from this? The book of Esther, her real name was Hadassah, right? Uh, but she had a hot rack and didn't look Jewy. So that's how she saved the whole Jewish people. No, that's it. She changed her name to Esther, and suddenly she's that she wasn't clever, she wasn't good at sports, she just had a hot rack and didn't look Jewy, saved the whole Jewish people. So great, Book of Esther. What do we learn? I don't know, change your name? Get a nose job? I'm not sure what I'm supposed to glean from this historical text as a feminist. And now the Book of Ruth, right? Ah, oh, joy and wonder. He got the Jewish husbands go off to another country, they marry some Syrian wives, and then they die. Oh no, what are we gonna do? We live in Syria. The, Listen to your mother-in-law, follow her. So Ruth follows her dead husband's mother-in-law. Her ex-mother-in-law goes back to to Israel. And then what does she do? She listens to her ex-mother-in-law person and she marries the old rich fat dude. There's a line in, in Ruth where she's like, the Boaz, the old rich fat dude's like, you could have married one of my younger brothers. She's like, I listened to my mom. I listened because I want to be rich, biatch. And she became like the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. So what the, I'm just learning. I'm just saying, guys, there are so many lessons in the Bible that we can all learn as feminists. They just really shape every moment of my being today. It's so good. That in like late 80s rap music about bitches and hoes. Man, I know exactly. We ain't getting it on three in the morning. I got it. And the homeboys do too. We gotta fuck these. Anyways, learned so much from late 90s gangster rap. Uh, feminism, yay. Uh, what other Bible things I wanna talk about? As a child, I used to do this thing called Bible delving. Anyone? Nobody? Okay, cool. It's this thing when you're in the uh, forest uh, where Jesus does his magic and you sit down on a little on a little log and you close your eyes with your Bible in your lap and you pray to Jesus. You say, God, Jesus, show me what you need me to know. Show me what you need me to see. And then you open up your Bible randomly and run your finger down and open your eyes. And uh, mine were always about sodomy. <laughs> like I couldn't get out of Leviticus, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, what is going on? What are you trying to tell me? My favorite Bible verse is actually Leviticus um, 11.22, which is if you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. I love to be stoned. (laughs) Also, my ex-father-in-law looked a lot like Barack Obama. And he is, well, he's dead now, but he's a sexy man, not Barack Obama, just my ex-husband's father-in-law. But you can blame Barack Obama for anything you want, global warming, your smelly penis, porcupines, whatever, doesn't matter. But you can't blame that bitch for being sexy. Sexiest president we've ever had. Give it up for Barack Obama, everybody. Yay!
Give it up for Pam Benjamin, Bible studies. Very good. Danny Coleman, is that you? No. Oh, female. Sorry. What's your name? Danny. No, I'm sorry. What? Casey, of course. Hey, I'm an awkward host. Will you please welcome to the stage Danny Coleman. It's all right. We got there eventually. Uh, hello and thank you. Uh, it's my first time at Mutiny Radio. Hello. <laughs> Uh, I've actually, I've, I've always wanted to be on the radio. I thought it was really cool. Uh, ever since I was a kid, uh, my, my parents encouraged this. My mother told me I had the face for it. Um, <laughs> no, I actually, I listened to the radio a lot as a kid. My dad was kind of an old school intellectual, so he always had like NPR or, or classical radio and, and talk shows, something I, I really grew up with, really formative for me as a child. I actually, I come from a very, very academic family. Uh, my father's a lawyer, my mother's a teacher. Uh, I'm kind of, actually, I'm, I'm kind of the academic black sheep of my family. Uh, my sister went to Oxford, my brother went to Cambridge, uh, and I went to America. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one to explain to the parents. Um, but they, they warned me when I first came out here, my parents warned me about sort of the, the culture of anti-intellectualism that, that exists in the US. You know, people don't like smart people out here, they don't like to read. This, this stereotype that, that, let's be honest, English people have, actually everyone kind of has, about the US. And I came out here, and, and honestly, I did not find that to be true. I think they were completely wrong. I don't think intellectualism has gone away here. I think it's just gone underground. It's gone on the internet, right? So, like, you can go, you can go to Tumblr or Facebook or Twitter any day of the week, and you can find people having intense academic discussions about things like whether the houses in Harry Potter can be expressed in terms of Jungian archetypes, or like the African mythology that goes into Black Panther. <laughs> intense academic discussion. People are citing precedent and they're, they're quoting texts and it's, it's pedantic and it's semantic and it's honestly really, really Jewish. Yeah, yeah, the Talmudic scholars would have been proud. Sometimes literally, by the way. Uh, a few days ago, I was, I was on Tumblr and I happened upon a pages-long discussion, pages-long, about whether 10 Jewish zombies constitutes a minyan, which, for those of you who don't know, is the minimum number of adult Jews you need to hold a synagogue service. And over here, someone's saying, well, yes, if they're all above the age of bar mitzvah, then, then of course, absolutely. Over here, someone is saying, yes, but dead bodies are unclean in Jewish tradition, which means that they actually can't be in the same room as the rabbi. And over here, there's a little side discussion about whether a very specific loophole in Jewish law means that human brains are, in fact, kosher, <laughs> as long as they are voluntarily donated. <laughs> and I'm reading this, and I'm going, guys, guys, come on. Stop, listen to yourselves, have some perspective. If there are 10 Jewish zombies in one synagogue, then clearly there's something very fishy going on at the kosher butchers. <laughs> Whenever I tell people I'm Jewish, there's always someone who comes back at me with, well, you don't look Jewish. I'm like, what? wow. That's a very efficient sentence. No, no, I'm, I'm serious. In four words, you don't look Jewish. Four words. You've managed to insult my religion and compliment my face. <laughs> I mean, as an academic, as an intellectual, I have to say, well done. That is truly impressive work. 
course, there's a woman, really? <laughs> and there's a Jew, there's a Jew. Yeah, whatever, we're used to it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough to be a Jew. That um, We are a persecuted minority. Every time something goes wrong, people's default reaction is blame the Jews. It has been that way for thousands of years. Uh, uh, Eastern Europe, ancient Egypt, uh, Germany, we all know how that turned out. Uh, the Inquisition, nobody expected the Spanish Inquisition. We really should have given history, but we didn't. Um, and so, of course, you know, six months ago, we see, uh, we see it all come to a head again. There, we've got uh, white supremacists marching down the streets, chanting, Jews will not replace us. And I'm watching this thinking, yeah, but as what? What exactly did you have in mind here? What is the scenario that you are envisioning? Do you think we're going to replace you as goose-stepping, swastika-bearing neo-Nazis? Because that would be ironic. <laughs> but as anything else, I hate to break it to you. I really do. I hate to shatter your notion that we are going to rise up en masse and, and steal the world out from under you. But we don't have the numbers. We really don't. I mean, I... Stereotypes about owning the financial industry aside, uh, Jews are just not that good at exponential growth. <laughs> we're not, we're not. In the same period of time in which the world population has more than tripled, we haven't even made up the numbers that we lost during the Holocaust. I genuinely, genuinely think that when God said, go forth and multiply, some idiot went for the slide rule instead of his wife's genitals. Thank you, that's my time, you've been great. <laughs> Give it up one more time for Danny, y'all. Very good stuff. Don't forget to leave a donation. We're trying to survive here. Two bucks, please, if you can. Please welcome to the stage, Smitha. Woo! Awkward. Awkward. Here we go. Hi, everyone. This is actually my first open mic, not just at Mutiny. Yay. Woo! Thank you. Um, despite being at this open mic, I've realized recently that I've become like a responsible adult nowadays. And I had this realization because my friend, he sent me this message and he's like, yo, want to get wasted? And I just sighed. And then I asked him to send me a Google Calendar invite. So to be clear, I'm not saying I make better life choices. I'm just saying that at least I have it organized by this age. I mean, it's really simple. Like if you look at my calendar, you know, event title, get wasted. <laughs> Time, Tuesday, 5 to 10.30 p.m. Recurring event. Location, my apartment. Guest list, me. Um, my name is Smitha Millie. Just say it one more time, Smitha Millie. You did a really great job saying it compared to um, Utsav's name. Hopefully I say it. Um, Smitha. It's like Smith except with an A. So I grew up in Missouri, which means that everyone assumed I was the one who had my name wrong. Um, yeah, substitute teachers, right? They would always be like, Katie Brown, Eric Jones, Kevin Lewis. And then they would get to my name, uh, Millie Smith. 
No, 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 no. It's Smitha Millie. Oh, I thought it must have been reversed and spelled wrong. Or it could just be a real name. It's crazy. Um, but it's cool. It's fine. Because um, growing up, there's this other Indian kid I knew who had it worse than me. His name was Jacob. Jacob. Yeah, like his parents had no idea how to name a child, right? Okay. They were like, that name sounds good. Just use it twice. <laughs> Even Facebook did not believe it was his real name. So he had to create a fake name just so he could use Facebook. Um, his fake name was Sundeep Subramanian. Jacob. <laughs> so if you ever see someone on Facebook with a really stereotypically ethnic sounding name, could just because Facebook made them. He just wanted to use the dumb name his parents gave him. Um, when I was in elementary school, all the kids thought it would be so cute if I married a guy whose name was Smith. So I could be Smitha Smith. Fuck that, okay. Holy shit. I am also not about to buy a new web domain. Um, and that's only, yeah, that's the only thing I can say in SF. Um, so I hate bureaucracy. Things like going to the DMV are the worst, as we all know. So I finally decided to cut out the middle man and buy a vibrator. Uh, success rate all-time high, emotional burden per orgasm, all-time low. I'm just saying it's the more efficient solution. I have this like fun party game I like to do now, too, because of it. Um, so inevitably, I'll be at some party, and some dude will start talking to me about the details of some tech product that I don't give a shit about. <laughs> um, and you know, I used to just zone out, but I have a better strategy now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, this is my new survival tip, you guys. Okay, stay engaged in the conversation, continue commenting on the product, just pretend it's a vibrator instead. You know. Oh my god, I love this new iPhone. It's so responsive, the touchscreen. Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel joy every time I touch mine. It's like, it's so much sleeker and thinner. Yeah, I love the texture, but personally, I'd prefer thicker. And so, okay, you guys, that's my time. I think that's all we need to say. Thank you. Give it up for Smitha, Millie, yes. Right on, Ron, moving right along. Please welcome to the stage, Casey Field. Thanks a lot, Jason. Hold on one sec. This is going to be a little awkward. There it goes. All right. Uh, so, 
I was driving my car uh, the other day through the suburbs, and I saw one of those signs that said, uh, drive like your kids live here. So I rolled down the window, and I went, I'm going out for cigarettes, and I'm never coming back. Uh, I had um, some family come to visit. Uh, they wanted to go to Fisherman's Wharf while they were in town. Uh, you know, buy some knickknacks, do that type of thing. I think we should make an actual tourist trap. You, you know? Like, whenever people want to go on a, on a boat ride to Alcatraz, just ship them off to Alaska. Alcatraz. How's that even a fun family activity? It's like, hey kids, let's take pictures of a former federal prison. Click. This is where Al Capone got the clap. Click. Oh, I really can't adjust this mic stand well enough. No, um, every major tourist attraction in San Francisco is horrific. The Golden Gate Bridge, Come on down to the Golden Gate Bridge. It's, it's the most pop, it's the Bay Area's most popular tourist. Nope, I fucked that up because I'm doing a new impression. <laughs> Come on down to the Golden Gate Bridge. It's the Bay Area's most popular diving board. I'm glad I did that before the show later. <laughs> Open mics. Now I know what I have to repeat to myself when I'm pacing back and forth outside. <laughs> Um, I was on Facebook earlier today. Uh, you guys know that um, suggested friend feature where Facebook gives you like a list of people you might want to be friends with? Uh, you know, it's usually like, hey, do you want to be friends with your coworker Jeff? And you're like, I, I never want to be friends with my coworker Jeff. Uh, yeah, so today I went on and uh, the number one suggested friend for me was a hamster. And I was like, I don't want to be friends with a hamster. And then I clicked on its profile, and it had more friends than I did. Um, I was hanging out with some of my people friends over the weekend. <laughs> Not the hamster. And uh, one of our friends has a really weird laugh. Uh, and everyone piled on and was like making fun of him. And uh, I think making fun of the way someone laughs might be the meanest thing you can say to them. It's like... Hey, you know that sound that you make when you experience euphoric joy and happiness? Yeah, we hate that. Uh, I need to uh, lose some weight. I got on the scale recently and it said I weigh 190 pounds, which is 20 pounds more than where I should be. It's pathetic. Not, not, that, I'm, not, that, it's, not that I'm too overweight, it's just that it's just that why me attitude I always have once I step off the scale. It's like, what, what did I do to deserve this? All I did was never exercise and eat McDonald's every day. <laughs> McDonald's. Do you guys ever go to McDonald's and have the people like, that, that are working there like recognize you? <laughs> no? I have, because I love McDonald's. <laughs> I pulled up to the drive-thru and the guy at the window was like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? And I was thinking, not good. <laughs> this is the one place I don't want to be recognized. It's like, your friendship is my wake-up call. I got to go buy some vegetables. Um, I grew up in a religious family 
And uh, earlier this year, uh, I, uh, I finally let go of religion, and uh, it was hard. Um, and not that religion is all bad, it, uh, you know, to each their own, really. Um, but uh, for, for me, at least, uh, the more I learned about science, the harder it was to, uh, the harder it was to um, kind of uh, defend my beliefs. Like, uh, it, it just got ridiculous after a while. Uh, like last summer, I was watching Cosmos, and it, it was great. I, you know, I'm giving you a quick breakdown of, you know, the, you know genetics and evolution and, you know, uh, consciousness. And um, Neil deGrasse Tyson comes on, and he goes, human beings uh, seek answers in the supernatural because of the fear of the unknown. And I was sitting there all irritated, like, if, if human beings fear the unknown, th then what the fuck is Gumby, and why do I like him? Explain that, Mr. Spaceman. Okay, that's my time. Thank you so much. One more time for Casey Fields. I'll never forget your name again. So many white comics names to remember. It's very difficult. My name is Jason Cole. Are you ready for your next comedian? Let's have some fun. Please welcome to stage Max. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. That was uh, good, you know. I, uh, so I, I swam here in an Uber pool. <laughs> what do you think? Cut that? I figured it was worth a shot. I'll just, I won't tell you guys my Uber hot tub joke. It's like that's, uh, Uber pool was bad enough. Like, I was half expecting you guys to just leave immediately after I said that. No, I, uh, I actually, I took, uh, I took BART here. I work in downtown. I work for that company Fitbit. But I don't wear a Fitbit, so that's like pretty awkward. Like my my coworkers just stare at me all the time. They're just like, he doesn't even know how far he's walked. Like, I I bet he I bet he couldn't even ballpark it, you know. I yeah I, uh, I feel like every time I show up to work, it's like I've committed a faux pas, you know. Like working at Fitbit and now we're in a Fitbit's like showing up uninvited to an AA meeting with a keg of beer. Everybody stares at you disapprovingly. And you're the only one there who isn't tracking how many steps you've taken. Uh, that's a, all right, cool. That, that makes up for the Uber pool joke, right? Like I think I'm, I'm back on level ground. It's a, that was an AA 12 step joke, by the way. Anybody here in AA? All right, way to stay anonymous. I, uh, Cole didn't mention my last name, but it's uh, Moachanin, it's uh, Serbian. Uh, Serbia is a country in Eastern Europe, for those of you who don't follow the NBA or professional tennis. Uh, and uh, a lot of people like to remind me that Serbia started World War I, so like, we're trendsetters. Back then, people were like, World War, that's not a thing. And we were like, well, it's, uh, it's going to be a thing. The whole world's going to be on board with this idea. And then like 23 years later, the Germans started their own World War. They stole our idea. Germans are like the Carlos Mencia of war. Uh, I... I told that joke to a bunch of Carlos Mencia fans, and they were like, that's good. I think I'll write it down and use it for my... <laughs> use it for my... <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, thank you. I, I, this, is, I, this is the same, sh same guy who did the Uber pool joke earlier. Like it's, <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> can you believe it? Uh, let's see. What else was I going to talk about? So I, uh, I like to read. I'm a big fan. I, uh, I read so much that I've actually read The Art of the Deal. Like I may... The Art of the Deal's Donald Trump's autobiography written by Tony, written by Tony Schwartz. I don't know how that works. 
And I, I checked it out from Berkeley Public Library. Like, they have it there. And I, like, I put it on hold, so I had to go pick it up. And, like, I don't know if you've ever been to Berkeley Public Library, but it's like, it's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest became real. <laughs> like, if you, like, if you, and you can check that book out while you're there. So if you check it out and read it while you're still there, you just feel like you're in the book. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like Jumanji, you know? I, uh, but yeah, so I go and then like I have to like get the book and so like the lady sees what I put on hold and she just looks at me like I'm crazy, you know? And I'm like, all right, I'm a little, it's a little bit weird, but like the guy behind me is yelling at a bookshelf. <laughs> he thinks Dewey Decimal is a person <laughs> that defeated Truman in 1948. <laughs> uh, before that, he was in the nonfiction section telling all the books to keep it real. <laughs> uh, don't be phony like those fiction books. I'm not like a Trump supporter. I just, I just like reading. And, and now I'm really good at making deals. Like I, like I returned the book three days late and the lady was like, that's going to be 75 cents in late fees. And I was like, that's what you think. Like I, I have 75 cents in late fees, but I'm, I'm going to make Mexico pay for it. <laughs> I, just, I, uh, I just thought that was funny. Like make a whole country pay for my library late fees. I don't know. It's, like, it's like, what? Like, we're not going to pay this. I, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm shy. Like, uh, this is, this is uncomfortable for me. I, uh, I, I've always been shy. I know that I've always been shy because I went to my 10 year high school reunion recently and I met everybody for the first time. Like I, like I didn't reunite with anybody. I had to, I had to introduce myself to people in my reunion. It was awkward. Um, but a lot of like my old classmates were married, like 28 years old already did that. You know, I don't know why they did that. Uh, but a lot of the, <laughs> A lot of the women didn't take their husband's name, which is great. You know, it's a real slap in the face to our male-dominated society. If if you ignore the fact that they're just keeping their father's name, you know, it's like nice try, ladies. Uh, we've been working on this patriarchy thing for quite a while. You know, you're not gonna just turn this ship around in one generation. We got we got contingency plans for this. It's like, is that what it's like? It's like, hey, will you marry me? Yeah, but I'm a feminist, so I'm keeping my father's name. He knows best, after all. You know. Uh, is that like offensive? Sometimes like I'll be like, oh, they're keeping their father's name and people are just like, how dare you? How dare you point that out? Uh, uh, thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. Give it up for Max, y'all. How do you say your last name? I'll go over the airwaves. Mwachanin? Mwachanin. That's Native American for white guy, right? I better hurry up before I forget the name. Please welcome to the stage, Aditya Shankar. Close, Shankar. Please welcome. How's it going, everyone? I'll throw this in. Cool. Yeah. So my family comes from like a pretty conflict-ridden region of the world, right? There's a big, pretty big clash of cultures. People are always arguing whether the border was drawn the right way and stuff. You know, like right on the edge of New Hampshire and Massachusetts? <laughs> no, no but, but I am from the Boston area originally, in case I forget to mention that between like each of my bits here. But I have a pretty stereotypical Boston story, you know. Uh, my family came over from Dublin back in like the 1800s. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. No, they came over on the Mayflower, actually. Um, they thought it like might be good to have like a translator or two with the Indians here, I guess, something like that. No, no, <laughs> no. But there were some stereotypical parts about my upbringing in Boston, right? Like 
a lot of parents in the Boston area, my parents really wanted me to grow up to be like Matt Damon. Yeah, I mean, man, was he good at math and goodwill hunting. Man, my parents were really hoping. Okay. No, but I'm living out here now. And one thing I don't understand is like all the frustration and animosity towards Muni, right? Because I feel like everyone's trying to like just maximize their productivity these days, right? You should be wasting no time. Like even during your commute, you should be conquering the world if possible, right? And do you realize how much can get done on a three-stop Muni ride? It's like every morning I finish a season of The Wire, teach myself Mandarin, and then proceed to forget said Mandarin before I get to work. Uh, the other day, between Powell and Montgomery, I saw a receding hairline. And I don't mean I saw a guy with a receding hairline. I literally saw that hairline take a step back. You know? Like, if physically aging on your commute every morning isn't productivity, then I don't know what is, right? I mean, you can just check that box off for the day, right? Aging, done. There we go. And I always, I always admire the people that are really just trying to get their entire morning routine done on the train, right? Uh, like, you'll see people like brushing their hair, clipping their toenails. But then there's like the one guy who's like squatting, taking his morning dump on the train, right? And you're like, come on, man, at least take a seat, you know? Like, <laughs> relax a little. And if you guys have never been on Muni with someone taking a dump, then you've never been on Muni before. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like Garfield established this real misconception that Mondays are the worst day of the week. And I gotta respectfully disagree with our 20th president on this one, you know? Like, <laughs> Mondays aren't that bad, right? Wednesdays are the hardest day of the week because Wednesday is the only day of the week where you have to actually socialize with your coworkers, right? Every other day of the week you get to be like, oh, how was your weekend? Any plans this weekend? As you nod along without listening, right? Whereas on Wednesday, you gotta start talking about like the current events and stuff, right? Like the fact that it's Wednesday, you know? Can't believe it's Wednesday already, you know? I mean, I can't believe that's what you came up with. I can't believe Jay-Z did that to Beyonce, and I certainly can't believe it's not butter. But <laughs> the fact that it's Wednesday is not the most far-fetched thing I've heard this week. No, but if you're lucky on Wednesday, your coworkers really will really open up to you about their true feelings and emotions, right? Feels like a Friday to me. Huh? <laughs> and now that it feels like a Friday, you know what to do, right? Any plans this weekend? <laughs> I feel like everyone's really into the dating apps recently, right? Like, I mean, I, my, my issue is, I mean, I like Twitter as a friend, but I don't know if I'm ready to throw any like labels on that relationship, you know? Um, let's take things a little bit slow. Uh, no, but uh, I did get on a couple of dating apps recently and my friends kept telling me, you want your profile to have like some, some amount of intrigue to it, right? So I deleted all my photos and removed my description, right? Now I'm a mystery box. I mean, I could be anything, right? Uh, and for the girl, it's a little bit like playing, playing Mario Kart, right? It's like, with the mystery box, it's like, please be a blue shell, please be a blue shell. Uh, all right, I think that's all I got, guys. Thanks a lot. Give it up one more time for Aditya. Uh, Shankar, last name Shankar, right? Like Rudy Shankar. I got the last name. You ready for your next comedian? 
She brought some friends you're here to support. Woo! Woo! Please welcome to the stage Leanne M. Uh, so, oh shit. <laughs> This is my second time doing this. Um, thank you, thank you. I brought, I brought my muffin top. I'm like... <laughs> um, so uh, it's, it's funny, actually, that you mentioned earlier that you know, there's like a correlation between like, stand-up comedy and AA. Because I feel like, like, how bizarre is it that you're like, just like standing in front of a bunch of random people like, trying to convince them that your life is like, awful but also delightful? <laughs> Like, you know, but the good thing is, like, the one major difference is that, like, if you're drunk and you're a stand-up comic, you're probably nailing it, right? (laughs) Um, So I'm from the Midwest, and by the way, my peanut gallery over here, thank you, um, laugh on command, woo! Um, They, uh, Brandy and I went to high school together, so um, she knows the people that I'm going to be talking about, and this is no exaggeration. Um... Truly. My parents are really, they're, they're from the Midwest. You know, they're, they're, they're nice people. They're good people, but they're also like universally, naturally funny. So like I, I called my mom the other day and I'm telling her, I'm like, you know, oh, the cold season's happening, whatever. You know, I took a Sudafed. My mom goes, oh no, I don't take Sudafed. And I'm like, why don't you take Sudafed? And she was like, it makes me, you know, loopy. And I'm like, like, like what? Like, like, you like, feel like you're like hopped up on something like you like done a rail of cocaine and she was like no 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 sweetie it's a line of cocaine it's a rail of heroin <laughs> and I'm like Jesus whereas like my it's, it's a rabbit that's, that's what I'm talking about and then and then Dale my father um he's a little bit you know rougher around the edges you know um if you can imagine <laughs> So I'm talking to my parents about the Oscars, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, you guys gonna watch the Oscars? Like, who are your picks? Whatever. Like, what movies are you into? Shape of Water. I mentioned Shape of Water, and my dad's like, is that the one where the guy with the fish dick fucks the slut? <laughs> I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> That's exactly the movie I'm referring to. Um, yeah, sorry about the notes. Like, I'm seriously new to this. Um, so yeah, dating, dating in the Bay, dating in the Bay, it's, it's tough. It's tough being single, you know? I mean, it's really, it, it is, because it's like, God, I don't even know like what kind of an introduction a Midwestern, you know, girl gets in the Bay Area. It's like, here she is, a virgin of all time with perfectly proportional features and zero baggage whatsoever. <laughs> like, bitch, no. <laughs> Not at all the case. But either way, like I'm open. I'm open to dating. I, I've dated tech bros. I've dated fish fans, which is pretty much my entire variety that I'm offered here, right? Except for the fish fan, you know, he's like, he's always constantly wearing a visor, which is, by the way, like a hat with the top cut off, invented for lesbians and golfers. Like, why would you wear that? And not only just once, but constantly. And then the other one is the tech bro, you know, it's like, and it's great. I mean, you know, hey, you know, I'm sure interested enough when you're talking about how you're converting your website from C++ to Ruby on Rails. But if I wanted to rail you at one point, it's not now. <laughs> you know? uh, right. More notes. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. So uh, true story. St. Patrick's Day. Um, I'm out with some friends and we're in the Castro. We're having a great time. 
we're all drinking. We end up at this bar. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there called Moby Dick's. And um, we go to Moby Dick's and I'm like, you know, at some point I'm like, where's the where's the fucking restroom? So I walk up and I and I say this, you know, group of people. I'm like, hey, do you know, is this a unisex restroom? And he's like, bitch, no, the bathroom's upstairs. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go up, there's a women's restroom and it says locked on the outside. And then there's a key hanging right next to the door. It's like, wait a minute, fucking men's bathroom wasn't locked. Why the fuck is the women's restroom under lock and key? It's like, yes, bitch, nobody wants to see that shit. Keep it under lock and key and throw that bitch away. Yes. Anyway, that's for Chris. Um, if you're listening. <laughs> um... Boy, you know, I, I'm like I said, I'm from Kansas City, but I lived a couple of places. You know, I lived uh, big city life. You know, I, I lived in Europe for a while. I lived in New York. Now I live here in the Bay Area. And it's always very interesting because, you know, everybody has like a perception about like what being Midwestern is. You know, in Spain, it was always like, it was like, ah, so you ride your horse to school every day. And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes. Uh, and then, you know, getting to New York, it was like, she's a shiksa? Does she even know what a Jew is? And then I get here and it's like, is she mindful? Does she know, does she know what kombucha is? Uh, yeah, no, yes and no, all at the same time. Thank you for the education, coastal and Europe. Um, Oh, so this is actually very timely. So this was in the Wall Street Journal yesterday or today. I can't remember. Because um, it all, you know, blends together when you're an alcoholic. Um, right. So, uh, so it turns out that in Brazil, they're actually, there's a really high price for American semen. This is, this is a real thing. Um, because apparently, like, the Brazilian crowd is looking for, you know, like, the Aryan features. You know, they're looking for, like, blue eyes and... You know, all the bits and pieces, and I'm like, bitch, fucking blue eyes comes with a Scandinavian flat ass and a fucking muffin top. Like, why, why would you want that? Anyway, that's all I got tonight. Thank you guys so much. One more time for Leanne M. Very good. Thank you all for coming out. We have a couple more comics. Thank you so much. I'm pimping out this uh, tub here. If you can put in two bucks, that would be great to keep the lights on in this place. It is a for-profit, non-profit, non-profit that's not profiting. Will you please welcome to the stage the wonderful Mike Spiegelman. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to the 20 pounds. All right. Let's see if I have a good set tonight, all right? Yeah. It's near the jar, Pam. It's near the jar. It's a real dream to be here. Last night I dreamt I was here. If you don't believe me, check out my dream journal. Don't Actually, it's probably the most personal stuff I've ever written, to be sincere. So don't read my dream journal. Don't check it out. Also, I lost my dream journal. It's somewhere here in the auditorium. If you uh, see it, don't read it. I also keep a diary. I write down things to do. I'm doing okay, right? You guys are a great crowd according to my diary. <laughs> See how it works? It's politics. <clears throat> but it's, uh, it's changed my life. I mean, I actually remember things and uh, I even dream about my day. It makes my dream journal redundant. It's like, uh, See Diary. 
hand, you know, I don't want to cramp my hands. <laughs> I, uh, if it's a bad set, it goes in anyway. It doesn't matter. But I, I think that's fair. They don't sell uh, bacon maple lattes anymore. <laughs> this, they got to keep the lights on. But enough about this place. I keep a weed journal. You guys like, it's uh, what you have to do now. Uh, well, I've been doing this for a long time. I have several weed journals. And what you do is you get an eighth and you write down the name of the eighth in your dream, in your weed journal. And then you write down <laughs> sativa, indica, hybrid, unknown, skank, whatever it is. And then you say, oh, it smells like pine. It smells like chocolate. Oh, it tastes like chocolate. It tastes like pine. And then uh, you write, oh, it was an initial head high. And then, oh, what a body high I received. And then you write down a final analysis. I recommend this weed. Avoid this weed. And then you write down the amount of money you paid for the eighth. And then you turn the page. And then you repeat it until you finish the book. And the book is worth about $1,000 of money that you just fucking wasted on weed. <laughs> and when you don't have any money, you can look at the journal and go, fuck you, Mike Spiegelman. Oh, it has a bountiful flavor, 60 bucks. Give me that 60 bucks right now, and I'll, I'll never get that flavor out of my mouth for the rest of my life. I like to be uh, altruistic, right, giving, and uh, just, I don't know, big words. Uh, but when I see people sleeping in a car, I do what I think is the most good Samaritan thing you should do, is I call an Uber, and you should just see his eyes light up when he's woken up by the, uh, his phone. And because, and then I'm just like, hi, I called you. <laughs> Uber drivers sleep in the city. They're from San Leandro. What are they going to do? Uber in San Leandro? Is it one minute? All right. You know, I uh, once opened for an X-rated hypnotist. It's what I say to the police when I'm caught fucking dogs in the park. <laughs> Can't help it, officer. That week in Modesto. <laughs> I didn't have any singles. <laughs> but I did the right thing, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, I have my joke book in case I think of a joke tonight. I'm going to write it down. You know, uh, my wife rails me. She's an uh, editor, so she's always uh, correcting my grammar. And I was like, honey, let's get out of here whenever you want. And she's like, whenever? Mike, it's actually whem ever. I think she's fucking with me. <laughs> that deserves a look. You know, I am on a, I'm on a seafood diet. Whenever I see food, I check if it's seafood because I'm on a seafood diet. I'm on a seafood diet. I like that joke. The setup, punchline, and tag is the same. Hat trick. Right? That's economy in uh, language. And I use the three. Okay, before I go, before I begin. You know, I, uh, I can't read comic books uh, because I don't read the thought bubbles. It's none of my business. <laughs> you know, uh, did you guys know that the Mile High Club and the Let's Fuck in a Public Bathroom while kids wait outside and hear everything club. Same club. <laughs> this kid's got to pee. 
And uh, hey, it's great to be here. I'm going to close on my opener. So I was watching the Emoji movie, but I, I was watching it on an old DVD player, so all the characters were just boxes with X's in them. <laughs> but I got the, the thing. I'm Pam Benjamin. Good night. Give it up one more time for Mike Spiegelman. Yes. Thank you all for coming out. Thanks to everyone listening at home. Are you ready for your next comic? Let's do it. Please welcome to the stage the very funny Matthew Quirk. I've got to do as much as the Jew put in there. I've got to. Can't be seen as. Friday night. Good Shabbos. So, uh, anywho, uh, where'd she go? Uh, I got some sperm for a Brazilian. I mean, I got plenty. Well, maybe not plenty. I got tired old sperm for a Brazilian. Maybe that will be good enough for them, right? They're desperate, huh? Isn't that how it goes? Anyway. All right, time for your weekly news update. That's why you guys came here, right? There you go. So a lot of Stormy Daniels in the news. You guys, you guys know who Stormy Daniels is, right? Yeah. So just to reiterate, she's being sued for damages uh, for breaking a contract that was never signed over an act that apparently never took place. I ain't no big city lawyer, but that seems like some bullshit. The only damages I can think that Trump should have fucked her and it looks bad on his, you know, checklist that he didn't. Like he's no longer the cocksmith he claims to be. That's my suspicion. So uh, also speaking of Stormy Daniels, her mother uh, said that she would vote for Trump four more times if she got the chance. Forget about how un-American that is. But it sure answers the question, why did Stormy Daniels get into porn? (laughs) I think that's a completely reasonable explanation. Speaking of newsworthy, apparently uh, Atticus Zuckerberg uh, sold all our information to the Ruskies, to the evil empire, for a few shekels. I mean, who knew that that fucking guy would be such a... He certainly wasn't laughing. He's allergic to my stuff. <laughs> yeah, it certainly explains. Uh, uh, fuck it. I lost the whole train on that one. Atticus Zuckerberg. Uh, who knew that he would be such a fucking power mad little snivelly little bitch is what I guess what I was trying to say. All right. Moving on. So I guess I just got to say that I'm really disappointed in all you snowflakes. It's really what it gets down to in general. I mean, uh, I'm just not ready for season two of Celebrity Apprentice, The Presidency. I really don't like where this show is going. I don't like it at all. I mean, they just fucking revived Yosemite Sam to be national security advisor. (laughs) And in my opinion, he's aged badly. Those are my thoughts on that. I mean, I'm just so disappointed in the whole fucking millennial generation. Most people here know that already, but I just got to reiterate it to those of you who aren't clear on my stance about this, (laughs) that as a Gen Xer, I'm entirely fucking disappointed in all the millennials. I was recently reminded that my generation and all previous generations growing up that we used to eat dirt. It gave us grit. 
and we survived. And the fucking millennials are, are all eating Tide Pods and it's giving them Darwin. That's death for those of you. Extinction is really what it's happening there. I mean, it's just so insulting. You got all these fucking insulting diets as far as I'm concerned, like your paleo bullshit. Like, I'm paleo. How come I'm not losing weight? I'm so paleo. Because you're not fucking paleo, that's why. You know what is paleo, though? Shivering. Shivering is paleo. Works your core. Gets those hard-to-reach muscles. That's why they're all ripped back in the day. They were shivering all the fucking time. Try shivering. I finally broke her. She was giving me the straight face, but I could see through that illusion. Anywho, I don't do crowd work too much. Yeah, your fucking bullshit diets. You're talking about kombucha? Man, I know what kombucha is. It's skunk wine and turnt beer, man. That's what it fucking is. But once I started drinking it, I realized it's the slurry they use for fracking. Causes major climate change in my microbiomes and produces methane, which is a horrible greenhouse gas. You know what that is. Your fucking bullshit diets. I started trying that kimchi shit too. Kimchi, goddamn. After I've ate that, I gotta wonder what the fuck is wrong with Koreans. I mean, how do you make cabbage worse? I eat that stuff, it makes me Kim Jong ill. That's a science joke, not a poop joke. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, it's just so fucking delusional, your whole generation, even your bullshit, big for nothing, workout, CrossFit, fucking bullshit. Man, we used to do this thing when I was growing up that took the place of CrossFit that kept us in shape. We did chores. They were called chores. We did chores. That's how we stayed fit. Fucking CrossFit is so white. CrossFit is just fucking... The only reason to do CrossFit is to just do more CrossFit. That's cocaine. That's the exact recipe for cocaine. Cocaine went to rehab and came back as a fitness routine. And that's how we have CrossFit. CrossFit did a movie about themselves. They call themselves the fittest people on earth. Now, hold on a minute. How do you call yourself the best at anything if you're not competing against any black or brown people? That's what I want to know. More like burning CrossFit, am I right? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're just so delusional with everything. Even your fucking weed. It's just you guys are too soft about weed. I mean... When I was growing up, anybody here remember 1987? Yeah. The year America ran out of weed. You see, back then there was weed or no weed. That's it. Now you got your shattered dab, honey drip, goo, bullshit on every corner. Which club has the special on red Congolese? We used to be homo sapiens looking each other in the eye as we passed the joint around. And now you're a bunch of homo sativas and homo indicas all fucking sucking down on that vape pen as you devolve de before my eyes. 
We used to hoard our roaches and save them till Sunday because they were special. You guys don't even know what that shit is, do you? It's fucking pathetic. It used to be slightly less convenient for us to get weed, and it made us tougher. It made us tougher. All right, thank you guys. Have a good weekend. Heck yeah, Matthew Quirk bringing down the house. A couple more comedians for you. We please welcome to the stage Annette Mullaney. Hey guys, uh, don't you love pre-rolled joints? Oh, laziest stoner ever. I don't got to roll shit. <laughs> love it. I love it how they have varietals like wine. It just, uh, I've always, I, I'm glad I waited until weed became bougie to start becoming a pothead. Oh, it's beautiful, you guys. Um, I'm trying to make weed uncool for the kids. Uh, <laughs> so many things have changed here. Um, I've been away for a while. I was traveling in South America. So obviously I've changed too. Um, I've uh, learned that bodies are okay. I've come to learn a lot of important things about myself. Like I really like partying. <laughs> and even though I can't say reggaeton correctly, I can dance to it. Um, and that's really all that matters. That's how you make friends. Uh, I have found that being back is uh, depressing. Depressing as shit. Um, I was in Brazil and coming back, all I can see is how cold it is, how dark it is, how inadequate everyone's ass is. Uh, it's just, it's terrible. Uh, I could barely crawl out of my depression hole to come here, but here I am. <laughs> here I am. All of your butts have failed me. Uh, <laughs> still here. It's okay. Um, no, I, uh, so I don't speak any Portuguese or Spanish. And you think that would be a challenge, but I actually found it to be kind of a benefit. Like I would walk down the street and when men cat called me, I have no idea what they're saying. I would fill in something nice. Like dudes would yell something and I'd be like, I bet he's saying walk with God, you queen. <laughs> right, some guy would make some obscene hand gesture and I'm like, he's just waving. What a weird, what a weird thing that that means something different up north. Here it's just a greeting. Um, I got to SFO and as soon as I got off the plane, the first thing, the first English I heard back on the soil of America was some dude yelling into the phone, tell that bitch to fuck herself. <laughs> and I was like, I don't miss this at all. I do not miss overhearing conversations. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, you feel like when you travel for a while, you just, you're gonna come back and you're gonna implement all these changes in your life. And it took about two hours before I was back on all my old bullshit of uh, lying alone in my room, watching Netflix, masturbating excessively, and uh, watching video after video of people cutting into molten lava cakes. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this genre of video. Uh, it was a slippery slope for me, right? Like I bake sometimes, dabble. So I started watching recipes, right? Then you get a little bit more interested. Like let's skip all this preparation and just get to the good stuff. <laughs> let's see the actual cake. Let's see people cut into it. No joke, they zoom in on the molten cake coming out. It's completely a money shot. Uh, <laughs> but after you know, you've put in all the work of seeing like them beat the eggs and thrust it into the oven, Seeing that final shot, oh, it's almost as good as eating. 
almost as good. Um, some things have changed. So uh, I'm newly monogamous. Thank you. Thank you. I think I'm going to be pretty successful as long as I die soon. Uh, <laughs> that's the secret, right? Is you just, if you die before you touch somebody else, you win monogamy. Uh, <laughs> that's how it works. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, this being San Francisco, Bay and I had uh, experimented with non-monogamy for the entirety of our relationship up to this point. <laughs> Um, it was, you know, I have to say it was an interesting experiment. Um, I definitely, it didn't turn out the way I thought it would. Cause when I suggested it, uh, I thought that I would win hands down easily. Right. Because now Bay is an attractive man. Um, but I learned in high school that what you lack in pretty, you can make up for with easy. And so that was my game plan, right? Like maybe that seven is over at, maybe that nine is over by the bar. You got to buy her a couple of drinks. You got to finesse. This seven, 7.5 with makeup is standing by your car with a condom and a bowl ready to go. Honk, honk, motherfucker. Um, however, I, you know, underestimated the extent to which Bay is a slut too. Should have known that. I got him after all. <laughs> but uh like because here's the thing he is more attractive than me and I'm not just saying that right like when we go out in public strangers are so happy for me and that's how I know um like he has modeled right like he not as a full-time job like he couldn't live off of his looks but at some points in his life people have paid him money for his face Whereas like the closest I came to that is when I was 16, uh, I took a break from my lifeguarding shift and a man in a pickup truck offered me $50 so he could take pictures of my feet in a variety of shoes that he had in a trash bag in the back of that pickup, oh right? $50, you guys, it's 16. <laughs> uh, sad thing about that story is that's not even my story. That happened to my best friend who was working with me on the shift. He didn't even want my feet. <laughs> he wanted hers, but I want to steal that story because I want to believe somebody would pay me money. Um, but yeah, Bay and I are monogamous now. Um, I do have to say that non-monogamy, surprisingly, was the best diet I have ever tried. Oh my God, like it was just impossible to overeat on a Saturday night when I knew that he was out there giving it to some other chick and every thrust into her was like a dagger in my stomach. <laughs> possible to eat it all actually. Um, but luckily, don't have to worry about gaining weight again. Monogamy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna regret everything. Um, <laughs> no, I think the problem for me is, um, so I made another miscalculation in that, like, he had great dates, right? He's dating women of San Francisco who, in my opinion, tend to be gorgeous, talented, fun, driven, right? Meanwhile, I was out there dating dudes. Uh, have you guys met dudes? <laughs> They're uniformly terrible. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, it turns out that if you're just out there saying, like, I don't want a relationship, I'm just looking for some no-strings-attached, like, side dick, uh, they 
for some reason think that that means don't do any work, right? I still want romance, by which I mean cunnilingus. Uh, <laughs> I just, I felt like I was looking for needles in haystacks. Meanwhile, my dude was just sticking his dick into a pile of needles. Uh, very lucky man. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm good with that. All right, have a good night, guys. Very nice, Annette Mullaney. We have one more comic. You guys ready for your headliner? Please welcome to the stage my twin brother, Miguel. Hello, hello. By headliner, they mean the guy who signed up at the last minute because it's his birthday. Thank you. And what do you do on your birthday? You embarrass yourself. Plan a bunch of stuff, people come, they don't come, you make a Facebook message, you make a Facebook post, and they still message you like, yo, where you at? It's like, it's all on the invite, it's all on the invite. (laughs) One place you don't want to have your birthday in your 30s is a water slide park. (laughs) It's pretty bad, it's pretty bad, I tell you. Um, Bunch of guys, and they're cut off, and they're faded tattoos with the tribal band and the SF logo. I'm from SF. That'll get down later. Um, <laughs> and then you just have their guts hanging out, and then, they're, and then you find out which of your friends is into the teenage girls. Not a good deal. Not a good deal. Raging Waters, Waterworld, only in your 20s. Okay, let's see what else we got, guys. If you haven't heard, my name is Miguel, and you're wondering why am I, why am I a white guy? half German and half Mexican, and that's been a, it was an interesting childhood, you know? Show up at a summer camp, and there's a camp counselor with a clipboard. He's looking at you, he's looking back down at the clipboard, he's looking at you, he's looking at you, and you said, yep, are you Miguel? Yes, I am, yes, I am, yes, I am. Years later, right, they say, follow, that cool, follow those cool kids, you're older, you know, those older people. And then later I'm at the bar, and then I meet my Tinder date, and she says, are you Miguel? And I say, yes, I am, yes, I am, yes, I am. Look up and down. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll do that back to the shop, you know. That'll that'll be back in the shop. Uh, School potlucks were really interesting, Um, especially when it was international. You had to bring something from your culture. It was a, uh, what was it, a uh, bratwurst chile relleno and uh, schnitzel tacos. This was way before fusion food, man. This was the 90s. This was pretty bad. Um, It's also... Growing up in the mission, this was the 80s and the 90s, you're the white guy for everything. You're the white guy, so you're Matthew McConaughey, you're, uh, who else, who are some other white guys? Um, oh man, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio, the other guy, Tom Ford or something. Then you get really high, right? And then you say, I'm every white guy. And then you start thinking about it. Do you think at the KKK rallies, they're swinging around the flag saying, I'm every white guy. Possibly, possibly. The single people here, but I was at a wedding in Boston, and they were asking me, how do you live in San Francisco? What's the single scene like? And uh, I, uh, where, where am I going with that? Where am I going with that? Oh, fast forward in the wedding. Next time you go to a wedding, preach the gospel of polyamory. 
get some interesting results, right? Get some interesting results. I was a single guy, everyone else is in couples, and before you know it, alcohol is involved, and I'm talking to one couple, and then another couple comes over, and before you know it, they're getting really interested in polyamory. So you should do that. Put yourself in uncomfortable situations. <laughs> Have a position that you don't really defend, but just live it out, live it out. What else do we got? If you go on online dating, if you look at profiles, you see a lot of uh, girls who are into sarcasm. You must think like everyone's sarcastic, everyone's hiking. If you were an alien and you landed on this earth and your first contact with human beings was online dating and you went on these profiles, you said, well shit, if I go hiking, everyone's gonna fucking be there. So. Yeah, change it, yeah. The worst are the girls who are like, message me if you can keep up. Yeah, bullshit. Okay. I don't think they're meaning like keep up in bed, just like keep up with their sarcasm. First time I tried sarcasm, I, had a, I have a dark-skinned friend. His name's Renee. When I found out, he told me he doesn't like chocolate. And I said, yeah, I wouldn't like, ch I wouldn't like something that looked just like me either. <laughs> Bad, bad, okay. How we doing, how we doing here? I, uh, I don't work in tech, no, no, no tech, few people. You know, sometimes I, I used to bartend at Airbnb, they thought I was like volunteering. They said, hey, what, what department are you in? I said, no, I'm working, I'm working, fool. <laughs> but I do teach ESL, I have a, oh, one minute, got a student, you know how they tell you, you start turning into something you eat? I have a student who's 92 years old, Probably has been at, in City College for like the last 25 years. And he eats garlic and he's turning into a garlic clove. I shit you not. His, his hair is like white as can be and he smells like garlic. Where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, let me see. We talked about putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. No, situations. Put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Strip at a party. Or... See your friend strip at a party. I doubt you'll be friends after that. It's nothing like seeing a flabby white guy uh, wearing a thong and stripping at a party. But it's a great reward to have everyone think that you are the stripper because you showed up in a tuxedo. That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. You know what? I'm going to leave you guys on this. If I was bad, Roseanne is coming back Tuesday night. If you have a thing for larger women, check it out. Thank you so much, you guys. Give it up for Miguel, making a horrible life decision. You're not, don't do comedy. If I looked like that, I'd be in the marina, right? Knuckle deep in the good stuff. I mean, come on. You're making a horrible decision. Anyway, give it up for George on the boards, guys. I'm Jason Cole. Thank you for donating. Thank you, Pam Benjamin. Have a great night.
piracy a podcast. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. 
Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. 
I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look, but that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Uh, people. Know- 
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you 